who remembers a simple, a simple uh, childhood without uh, television? Yeah, see, there are some. Who is raised with, tra- with television a lot? Are things still playing sometimes? Who is entertaining themselves with television as last thing before you fall asleep? Some have it in the bedroom. So, Dharma friends, I do a little bit tonight, I think. <coughs> I picked up, I was really exhausted. I begin to understand more what means uh, older than 60 years. <laughs> I really believe it. When you think you are 70, you are my equal. It's not true. It's quite different, a big difference. So, um, um, this um, I call your attention to the afternoon, I think, we talked about, well, that's what we only talk, about how to penetrate and how to be mindful to this human thing that sits here with uh, all its uh, specific capacities and uh, of body forms and uh, thought processes. And um, we are, for no other reason than to find out who we in truth really are, what are we, why are we here, and how can we perhaps live more in peace and in, 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 in harmony. And for this is what we are doing, this practice of, of uh, developing awareness and coming to insight, to, uh, that means and attaining some understanding. And so here we, and there we get glimpses, and those who are practicing longer <coughs> they um, get bigger glimpses, and uh, they reinforce a little bit these little glimpses. They become more steady, and they become then a a pleasant company. Hmm? And in our lives. So in this afternoon, we talked a little bit about it, about the difficulty, and uh, uh, the exercises we made, I think it was this afternoon, uh, and uh, were dedicated to attaining more um, a skill against, uh, to el- eliminate or weaken these uh, p- patterns which we have uh, developed in our body as tension and rigidity. Uh, and. Uh, they are, we found that they are very much inhibiting the flowingness of the energies in the body itself, and also the breath is tremendously inhibited by it. So our very early meditation this morning was especially dedicated for attaining a little bit more skill in our quiet, formal sitting uh, for... Um, uh, uh, releasing these tensions and uh, weaken them so that we allow for the breath to come more into its natural fullness and in that way 
it uh, brings greater ease to us, not only joy, greater ease in the meditation itself, but greater ease into the into our life uh, and li- and unfolding. And there is uh, then at one point I mentioned another great hindrance for a, a more flowing and ease in our practice, developing awareness uh, and having body and breath as uh, the focus for this developing awareness. I mentioned hindrances, remember, at one point. And I mentioned in very fast, enumerated, I think five, and said there are much more, many more, but they are then the deviation or the, the kind of offsprings of each one. And then uh, um, somewhere in, in throughout the day after this morning, I was asked to, to, to mention them again. This was obviously a new person and said, I forgot them, hmm? and what are they? So I thought it might be a good thing to, to bring them into our memories whether we, and into our focus, since they are equal to the disturbance and, uh, and in hindering our progress uh, in uh, mm, kind of penetrating into this body process and mind and 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 uh, breath process and um, so let us uh, kind of look at it there are five i said the sense desire let us repeat, uh, go through them lusting after sense pleasure that means and uh, grasping for sense objects you know this is what made me initially a little bit trouble, and I know others too. What is sense object? You see, where is it when you hear me? You may just fly over and cannot be able to connect. What is the sense object that I desire? Well, you know what it is. When I want uh, to have a nap, well, that is, a st- that is the object of that desire. When I want to have a... A, 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 a time in the spa this afternoon instead of being here. That is the, is the object for the mind now to look at that desire. So, uh, then the, the third one, so this is the first one, then the second one, did I mention it already? Is, uh, is hatred, is, uh, um, uh, but let me say one thing about the um, sense desire. We must understand the process of it. Sense desire means I go out and wish and want something coming to me. And that is a gesture of reaching out and, uh, and, and attaining and wanting. Sometimes there's really anxiousness there because I cannot have it. That is somehow tacitly understood. And um, 
if we don't understand a little deeper this force in us, then um, we uh, will go on and manifesting and actualizing again and again this feature, desire, and wonder why I um, have to have another one. Maybe I don't. I just get into it. It is because <clears throat> the desires um, uh, can not never be fulfilled, and can because they cannot give us a, a satisfaction and uh, a, a kind of a calmness where we can come to a stop. That is for a special reason, because the desire is not us. The desire is a force of itself functioning here, and it wants, and it only like it needs objects and it needs fulfillment, but it doesn't last long. It will uh, come again. So um, that is maybe a good. Um, there is no end, in other words, of seeking, and of wishing, and we we um, why because on one level, the desires and the satisfaction of them is pleasant, and so we like that state of being. So we reach out again, actually, fundamentally, when we desire. Um, pleasantness, hmm? pleasant feelings, but we also reach out when it when the because <clears throat> when it is unpleasant, then it is somehow not desiring it. You see. So uh, in in um, so um, well, no matter how we satisfy it. We will always stay unsatisfied uh, and uh, without grat- really grat- gratification. And uh, it will happen like this, this, re- this, this reaching out and gratifying, until we are beginning to understand a little deeper this force in us. In other words, until we begin to, um, to deal with, with, with this force. All our senses are actually active and uh, and re- reaching out. The sense of seeing wants nice things that are pleasant. The sense of hearing also has other objects. It's sound, and it can never be nice enough and lot enough. Think of food, eating food, tasting. It's the same thing. Is uh, um, a constant desire for pleasant experience, coming to this sense. Beautiful sounds, beautiful smells, our frequency apparatus, the nose smelling, very happy, very pleasant fragrances, and so far. The mind also is a sense. The conditioned mind that works with concepts also runs through this sense experience, wanting more concepts, more ideas, exciting, fascinating ideas. 
and uh, <clears throat> when they are so, we begin to cling and to hold on to it. And uh, that is nothing else doing good to us, except even that is not. It is doing, uh, strengthening what the Buddha calls the greed factor. Greed moves through all our senses. And we, not being aware of it, we will always allow that to happen. So, where is it for me? Hmm? Those sense. <clears throat> and um, now, with our practice of uh, being mindful to things that arise in this living process, we come to notice it. When we are now taking the discipline and paying attention to breathing and to body sensations. And uh, so we will have to, um, in order to not be bound and attached to this kind of uh, a movement in us, um, greed, desire, wanting, we, we will have quite a lot of difficulties. <clears throat> that doesn't mean we shouldn't have any desire at all, but that for later just to distinguish quickly now. There are desires which we have to fulfill when it goes to our health and to our maintenance of, 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 of body and comfort and so on. So the second enemy or the second hindrance is hatred and anger. And uh, um, that is uh, somehow the opposite direction or movement of the mind. It pushes the world away. It condemns, it judges, and uh, it is striking against the object that I, I don't want it. Hmm? These two really hold our uh, society in uh, a flame and, and in aliveness. Everyone functions like that. I like and I dislike. I want <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, and like, yeah, like it, dislike, or um, I want and I don't want. So um, that was uh, just introduced, the second one. The mind in these states, whether desire or hatred is, uh, or anger, is uh, 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 bringing us a lot of restlessness about and ma making us uh, kind of um, moving, yeah, no, no, not equanimity can come in. It keeps us in motion, and um, so um, we have to deal with it and look at into it as long as, especially as we are now in the practice of developing awareness and having a certain discipline for the mind to focus. And these are hindrances. They are called hindrances or fetters. They are disturbing the progress of my practice, of paying attention to specific features in this living process. But this is also living in us. That is the difficulty. If we would have them, we cannot store them, and they don't come or descend from somewhere. They are part of, of our meant 
mental faculties. The third enemy is sloth and torpor. Are we knowing about that? You know what that is? It can be also go under the name laziness and slug sluggishness. Familiar, isn't it? You can nod a little bit and give me an answer. Yeah? You, you know what it is. And you have also noticed it's very painful and uncomfortable to, to be uh, so sloshes and so uh, kind of overwhelmed or um, um, mm-hmm. blessed by, by this uh, uh, kind of state of mind. It's a state of mind. Tiredness, sloth, sloshiness. It's a very innate inertia we have. We have to slap around this weight here or to walk it around. We have to do all kinds of things, wash it and exercise it and uh, bathe it and uh, so on. You see, it tires. So, um, <clears throat> but we cannot stay in that. We have to, to, to deal with this when it is too, too much uh, overpowering and we cannot have any relief from it. You know, there is a modern uh, sickness kind of uh, uh, rose out of it. It's called, I never knew that when I was younger in school, chronic fatigue. I I think it has other reasons, but one is maybe that we can cultivate and condition ourselves into immobility by not moving and doing some uh, kind of care in terms of body and awakeness. Would you agree to that? Of course, there may other faculties play a role. Uh, so that was the third one. Now the fourth is the hindrance is restlessness, is the opposite. Well, that is also easy to understand. Huh? It's unable to stay anywhere, this restlessness. We fidget around. And not only here can we notice the restlessness, even at home. You, you may be looking forward for a quiet time in, in an afternoon where you see you don't have anything to do and you sit down and want to be quiet. How long can you be quiet if you are not having trained your mind? Restlessness is right there. You want something else. And that isn't satisfying. There is, you know, because we have have also right away this this judging. It's not good. It's not for me. I want something else. That is also creating the restlessness. Die desire comes in right away, and we cannot decide. That is another feature of restlessness. Um, you know, and uh, 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 those who have practiced about it. And now the last one is uh, the. Uh, of these five hindrances of fetters, also under the name of Kalesha they go. And when you translate Kalesha, then you come to, <laughs> to the uh, translation of torments of the mind. Now you probably understand that, not because intellectually, but <laughs> because you through your own experience. They are torments of the mind here, and they are torments of the mind when, in our day-to-day life when they are inhibiting whatever 
uh, uh, maybe I find my uh, whatever they are able to inhibit and to disturb. The fifth of the great, these great uh, kaleshas, or torments of the mind, um, um, in some way is quite uh, one of the most difficult one because when we don't uh, recognize it, it is called doubt. It and you follow what uh, uh, follow and believe what this doubt in which way the doubt is talking to you. It may make sense to you just to leave the whole situation. You stand up and say, it's not for me. I doubt whether she is really teaching right, Vipassana, or whether this is uh, 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 something else, or it is uh, too hard. I, I doubt that I can stay through, and uh, I don't really understand why I be here, and where it is going, although I try to remind you here and then, but you know, it takes time till we hear that. And so you, you say, that's, uh, I go. Of course, <clears throat> uh, it's a very big, the doubting mind is quite a big uh, obstacle on the path. The, did you remember your voice? It is too hard, and it is, uh, uh, um, it, it, I cannot do it. I doubt that is all doubt, you know. And if we believe that now, I say that I feel if we take that now as our authority, and that means I follow it, I can miss a wonderful retreat. So all of these hindrances <clears throat> is to be understood that they are not me. Of course, I am angry, I am desiring, but from the higher, more insight level, they are just mental factors, mental, mental abilities of being angry. And they come up, somehow we are, uh, since we are not trained in our minds, uh, we don't uh, distinguish it and realize that it is out to hurt and to do harm, we just take it as our authority and let anger reign. And then it's not you, it's really the anger which does, but we appropriate to it as my anger. That would help actually a great deal to diminish our anger. It's difficult. Not that it's really difficult, but it's difficult because we forget. That's all what you have to know in many cases in this practice, to, to, to recollect yourself in some of the guidelines. They are not self, so just are these mental factors to be seen as, uh, um, as functioning, as a functioning of their own, what I already said. So now let's go quickly through uh, the ways we can deal with them. There, there are ways we can work with them. That's why we are talking about it. You know, the ultimate of everything, <laughs> of every healing, of, of healing is, uh, no, the ultimate, um, yeah, 
or one of the greater greater uh, um, powers of mindfulness is healing that what arises just by looking. So when anger or these these um, hindrances arise, we can just uh, um, be attentive to it, notice them. And it, they heal, they don't get active, they do diminish there. So, specific ways uh, of dealing with this means now, uh, con- with these hindrances, means confronting them when they arise. And what does that mean? As they arise, we notice them. That means just recognizing it's anger here in me. To see that anger very clearly the moment it arises. And it can only be seen when? Not from last year or yesterday. It can only really be seen, the power of any of these hindrances now. So when it arises, then you, in mindfulness, can mindfulness can receive it whilst you are um, of course you have to have a certain quietness for that and that is what we have when we sit quietly and watch our breath and body sensations there we have attention there and suddenly there ah out of the blue came this anger or this desire now you have it you can become aware of it, recognize it immediately. This, parti- this very special, this particular obstacle that is arisen this moment in your practice. That very recognition is actually the most powerful remedy for it. We didn't need to talk about it more. Most effective way of overcoming. Uh, overcoming, uh, overcoming them and reducing their power over us. It's just really wonderful that we have that. That is the real power. You know, people talk about empowering. Hmm? This is wonderful power when you can face and allow these to arise in your calm and uh, war- in the warmth and quiet of your mindfulness. You don't need to take it as your authority and act upon it. Doesn't that sound promising for our practice? So, and this recognition, of course, leads to mindfulness. So we hold it now. And mindfulness means what? as you are holding, means not clinging, not commenting, not in any way identifying with that object that has arisen. And the object here for the mind is the desire. All of the, all of the hindrances is another general feature of them besides being mental factor and impersonal forces which arise here because they are living here and they live close to the, uh, to, to the loving kindness too and even so but they come out and they arise at different occasions 
And that depends how we are perceiving and make contact with our different types of consciousness with the world in our experience. So not condemning, not identifying with the object. All the hindrances are impermanent, we should also understand. They arise, and when they are seen and uh, acknowledged, they pass away. Only when we uh, allow them to act, become active, we give them authority, so to speak, by not noticing them to act now. Then they go, even then, at one point, you will be tired of that desire or of 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 wanting more, and you say, I had enough, huh? Then <laughs> they also go, they cannot. It is just also the nature of these things, that they are not staying. So we could also take refuge in that and understand, well, it will go, but it will not go when I grasp it and attach myself, and or I give it to, or, uh, authority to act now or identify it's my anger or my my desire and it has to be fulfilled so we kind of meet them like clouds in the in the in the sky you don't try to hold on to them when it's a beautiful one or whatever even if it's not so beautiful we don't we let them go who has watched what the movement of clouds in the sky? It's a beautiful, a beautiful um, um, uh, scenery. You can read a lot of wonderful things, and I see it very much when I drive. I pass by. I cannot hang on to anything. You see, it, it just passes. You cannot, and you have attention to your driving where you see this impossibility to, 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 to identify and to grasp. And you see here, in terms of driving, if you do that, you will experience great, great, uh, uh, an accident, to say the least. Huh? <clears throat> so, that's a wonderful, if you understand that in driving, you can a, a kind of enhance this quality of not clinging, of letting go. You are forced here actually because you, uh, of um, um, because you care for your your life. You know it's on the edge there. If you are not letting it go, what you see. So there are um, some more specific kind of spe specific. Um, uh, we can now look into each one a little bit more specifically. So to, in order to recognize them more clearly, and also to recognize them as things that have arisen here, so that we don't need to take them as enemies and and fight. So there. Uh, <clears throat> So I said there are specific antidotes or uh, kind of things to do in order to um, kind of uh, um, let go, uh, in order um, to diminish their power over us. Hmm? 
when sense desire overpowers the mind, sometimes it's as hard to stay away and not to fall into it. It is good to reflect a desire, I mean now, is good to reflect on the nature of uh, this body. When you um, want, uh, you know, desire to have pleasant feelings in the body, uh, uh, it's a kind of accompanied and charged with that what we may call lust feeling, pleasant feeling, and that's a strong feeling. So um, um, when it is overpowering. Um, kind of uh, allow to contemplate a little bit, realize the this body, um, and uh, so that it is uh, bec- not s- because of our need to gratify pleasant feelings in our body, we take it and uh, on one level may, m- more or less as an object to serve us to make us happy. But as you know, the desire can never really become to come to a still. So we will kind of overwork this, exhaust ourselves in gratifying this body in its in what what uh, what it wants, in order to feel feel more happy, more more quiet, more more comfortable, more happy. So, um, so it is to realize, uh, you know, it it can. We are not always. We are not <laughs> staying always in this uh, strength and health, and uh, it changes, and it will give up its. Um, so, in other words, its strength. Uh, so, it will give up its its vitality, and uh, so when. In that way, we can go more with the naturalness of this body that gives up and is giving up also desire to fulfill that what we may call I I I I uh, to gratify lust and and pleasantness and and uh, um, well well feeling in throughout. They are given the scripture in the, from the Buddha special contemplations about um, the uh, impermanency of of the body. The decaying body should be no- noticed, the, the, it, uh, and realize that it is uh, not always cannot forever be that instrument that can fill a and gratify us in that what we really want. Um, so um, it uh, he advises us to even make contemplation uh, and to contemplate uh, our death, or our and uh, um, he even uh, uh, points out that uh, that is a very. Um, um, Important uh, contemplation in terms of uh, more quiet and uh, leisure in uh, your in our body, because uh, um, it will diminish and will lower our um, our desire and our striving to satisfy it always here. The power. 
um, it's quite an enormous power. It empowers us with a certain strength when we are um, uh, feeling the urgency or the eminence of death and of our ending. This is there is also a strong correlation between degree of desire and experience of desire which we experience and of overindulgence in food and in sleep. Moderation is uh, 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 advised and in, in both in taking food and in, in, and in sleeping because uh, both um, are strong desires in order to bring uh, to feel well in this body and uh, uh, it uh, weakens um, the desire system in us ill will and aversion is the ne- next and uh, that is again the hatred. We, we we mentioned the best way of dealing here with these hindrances <clears throat> to be is uh, to be aware. Just be mindful when that when that um, when that uh, hate is arising, that ability, that attitude of the mind, not not wanting. So and it can overcome. Uh, sometimes out of the blue it can arise. You were just in good mood and suddenly everything is gone and there is anger. And anger is always striking and directed toward a person. So what to do now? Person is maybe not, is not here. Anger. Anger. We are asked now to meet it. How do we meet anger? It is not visible here. But it is feelable and it is recognizable. We may realize maybe it, it, it is an impersonal force. And to make it now a little bit more real that it is impersonal and that I don't identify with it, I now register it. Anger. Mental factor. Anger. And if you, it doesn't go, and it also has the quality to go away. And it will, in this way, it for sure goes. Maybe not right away. Maybe you have to say it five times. Maybe you may have to make a mantra of it. Or maybe you sing it ten times. Or you make it thirty times. And count on your fingers, knowing that you are doing it. Anger, 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 anger. And realize what is this anger? It is out to, to do harm. And if you follow it up now, you do harm, in most cases to yourself. So, um, that is a very beautiful thing to understand and to take it uh, uh, into your practice, into the midst of your quiet meditation when you see this has happened instead of kind of getting irritated as another aspect of anger and uh, being um, or beginning now to uh, contemplate um, uh, on how to get back at that person who you think has uh, instigated now your anger.
it hasn't. It was your mind, the memory, you see, to understand that. So if as an alter, another alternative to the indulgence of expressing ill will and, uh, uh, and just being closed to, to it uh, and uh, getting and getting uh, rid of the, its disturbance is uh, that we are allowing, perhaps uh, generating some kindness in our, in our heart. Metta. Remember we talked about anger arisen against somebody who isn't there. So we shifted into, from anger now into kind of meta-blessings. Generate loving thoughts. That is difficult. What? I don't, the, the, he deserves it not at all. You can have a little discourse or a diff, little different uh, contemplation about it. You doubt that this will help. But allow yourself to delve into these practices when you know you have them as your guideline for reducing some kind of dukkha. Hmm? We are to know this natural law. This is here, it, we are talking now about reducing and meeting it. It's, it's suffering involved here. Um, desires and um, suffering now specifically what we that we experience of these so-called five hindrances whilst we are in meditation and in our practice. So this is a very specific way and especially at the time when we feel overwhelmed with, uh, with uh, anger that we just let go of uh, all justifications and oh, and uh, when we are overpowered, and generate loving thoughts, wishing happiness and love. Now, you may not just directly do it to him or her, you just to, to, to human beings, all who have anger now, or have not anger, just let your heart open and have this as your object. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free from anger. Something like that. Hmm? So generating loving thoughts, wishing happiness to everywhere, to individual people you like, you remember, members of the family or so, and then at the end you may just kind of squeeze in quickly and to that one you feel now very angry. Well, you can have it too. Huh? Yeah, you have to make a little, little story with yourself and uh, with, with working with these, with these hindrances. And then you, maybe you, after that kind of way, uh, this kind of, of uh, uh, meta you gave, or loving kindness you gave to that uh, person you were dealing and felt uh, uh, instigated your anger, you now maybe have uh, your heart a little wider open and directly may you uh, 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 may you uh, let go of your anger may you uh, uh, come to may it reduce in you 
may love come into your heart. And even if, of course, doesn't hear, it doesn't matter. This is real matter. You trust uh, that you, uh, yourself, you have actually protected yourself now from reacting to it and to making more bad karma, so to speak. Hmm? So, so, and slowly, if we are um, very uh, in, uh, serious or sincere with this practice, give dispowering our uh, hindrances, you uh, will see the anger will dissipate if you meet it in this way and can even replace it and allow the transformation to occur from anger to loving-kindness. A very practical way to deal with, uh, uh, with um, uh, ill-will if um, the aversion and the anger has overpowered you. Uh, and if you know it now exactly to whom that anger was directed, you can now take another beautiful act. You may send a postcard. You know, <laughs> I was angry today with you. Maybe we can talk about it. Just a little bit of introducing. Or actually, I found myself being friendly to you. What do you think about that? <laughs> you see? Asking. Ah, you have to have a little resilience and dance with yourself. A cosmic dance is this. You are working not with yourself so much, but with hindrances, with impersonal qualities of the mind. We just have taken temporarily, whilst you live, a board here. So, you send a gift, or a gift, or a postcard. It's hard to, stand, to sustain your anger when you now pack a little parcel and send something. Hmm? It's really where well, you can. Maybe you can throw it a few times into, uh, in, against the wall. Uh, and then you realize what you did and you have to pick it up again. But it works. You have to have patience and to entertain yourself. It's the best TV show sometimes you can pre pre create here. And it can, uh, this way you can succeed to dissolve, to dissolve a little bit and to, to weaken, of course, uh, first that anger, but what you really dissolve and weaken is the um, tension, which, if we stay with that anger, will tremendously work in your body and will add to this lump we have here, carrying around, tightness in your throat. Actually, the tightness here, as well as here and so on, are actually, to some extent, the deposits of those emotions, angry emotions, whatever emotions, where we have not really dealt with, especially anger. Even desire, if you haven't noticed it, and uh, you um, uh, find yourself being the victim of this constant reaching out and gratifying. There's an in inlet in that 
the anxiety of not getting it, you see? So you have to become very eager with it. And that goes for our practice. When I sit now and uh, want to have a better concentration, and I want, that's also a desire. You forget in that wanting that it cannot be uh, sent by any Federal Express or so, from anywhere it can come, your concentration. You forget to, to, to deal with that uh, uh, um, better, uh, to create a better crea- concentration is just to stay there and to be non-reactive. Hmm? So it's, it's, it's a beautiful, uh, makes your life very much alive and, 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 and vital. Don't see it as something horrible. But back to that, what I just saw, that was this desire for better concentration. So we know we cannot get it from anywhere else. So why insisting? Why not letting go and just being quiet and actualizing the way in which we are allow, allowing the anger now to, 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 to be noticed? In your mindfulness, that was just connecting and, and, and observing sensations. You stay with it too. That is also a very good way to really know anger is there, and you say it again, you acknowledge it, and now you realize also somehow that you are actually tied. And if you, even if you don't, you may make a sweep through your body, head, shoulders, and you may name it, the different parts, just to stay, more, stay away from reacting and allowing that anger to, to, to widen and to gain strength. And, not, and that means not identifying with it. So there are wonderful ways to, to work here with um, hatred. It is, is uh, very, you know, that is called skillfulness in my practice. Very important aspect of the practice. Perhaps even a more kind of insightful way of dealing with anger and aversion is to reflect on what? On the law of karma to understand that we are inheriting, we are the heirs of the result of our actions. If I am angry, anger gives way to more anger. If you now react to that with somebody who you think has made you angry, he is not loving you for that, or she. She is throwing back anger. And uh, um, you are... um, now, that is kind of, you are the heir, you inherit now what you have given. Anger gives way to anger, and uh, uh, so again, however, we can see here, maybe the impersonal, it's a mental factor which uh, um, acts, and we have allowed it to act and act out in us. 
and what we call we, our mind, we are now inheriting the result of it. Anger gives worse to birth to anger. Either it comes back the way by through our reacting to someone, <coughs> or it uh, will also uh, come back uh, uh, hurt us. Anger will uh, be reinforced, and <coughs> so now, what can we do? How, what can? Uh, what else can we do? In this, uh, since we know that anger gives way to anger, it's a karmic effect. Karma means the law of cause and effect. If I cause anger, anger uh, is only uh, emanating from it again. So we can now maybe <clears throat> respond in the opposite direction. Since we know that that uh, that anger that came to us from some other consciousness, and we know it came from igno- came from not being aware of it and understanding it. You make now the action stop in you. You feel compassionate instead of reacting. You don't give any reason to build up more anger. Hmm? Understanding that the person is acting out of ignorance and maybe out of, uh, of, of some kind of pain and uncomfortableness and, and not understanding the, the enormous harmful effect of anger. And you now experience that anger, you know that actually that person act, uh, um, has made, uh, has given cause for more anger in himself, has transcended the anger. And if you understand it, you don't react anymore to it. And when it goes now to us, our practice, and you feel angry and reacting to your practice, you something was somebody was maybe breathing too loud, or you couldn't find any connection. You feel anger now against yourself or the teacher, or the neighbor. But if you just don't find any outside of you the anger, you can see that you yourself were angry with yourself that you couldn't do what you wanted to do, you didn't have the concentration you wanted, well, now you are strengthening the anger faculty. You give cause for more anger, strengthening it, instead of weakening it and showering it in your, in your spaciousness of compassion and love, reverence even. So we meet anger instead of with anger, we meet it in compassion, whether it is for ourselves or it is going to others. That means you are taking care of another consciousness in a very, very beautiful way. You help that person when you understand it is the 
air of its own unwholesome actions and strengthens the faculty of anger in this case, you, by meeting that with compassion and in openness, at least not in reacting, you help that person reducing that anger instead of building up, and that is a benefit for peace in the world on a wider scale scene. And it gives a beautiful feeling. It comes, your heart is now involved. Your dignity, your higher self, your wholesomeness. You can at that moment strengthen your trust into your abilities to meet your dukkha, to meet the disturbances for meditation, which is dukkha. Sloss and Torpor is the next. Uh, again, the best, uh, best uh, way of dealing with it is to observe it caringly, examining it, and investigating the qualities of sloss and torpor, of this basic inertia. No reason to, to put you down for it but also not to take it as your authority. First, investigate deeply, perhaps, I would say, as uh, to some extent, if you don't fall, are so exhausted and so tired and sluggish that you just cannot do any, well, then you maybe need to go to sleep. But uh, 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 short of that, as it arises in our practice, you may uh, just investigate it in a way Feel it in your body. I'm tired. I have made once in Damadina a tiredness meditation so that, they, that I didn't uh, hear so many bouncing of their tired bodies falling. I let them place themselves against the, against the wall so they had to lean back so they couldn't fall forward unless it, was, uh, it would have such an exhaustion or so tired and they couldn't hold up. But it wasn't happening, no one bounced. But they did make kind of um, uh, initiated, the initiation for falling was visible. They fell over forward and then they got back and they bounced back sometimes. <laughs> that gave a little bit of uh, openness and uh, vitality, <laughs> and uh, several times done, there was natural vitality d- there. There was no one at the end of an hour asleep. They were all very white <laughs> and awake. And that was um, so. Um, that was number, what was number? Um, three, huh? Sloss and torpor. Then we can maybe go to the. Um, well, there are other things maybe to deal with sloss and torpor. When you want, you feel you are not. You really don't want to go to sleep. It's just this sluggishness, and you want to kind of help you along. Uh, getting up, standing, continuing your practice and standing, or moving, going out, making a brisk walk. Or if that doesn't help, 
rush uh, to your ba- wash basin and uh, and uh, wash uh, your face with cold water. If that doesn't help, strip your clothes and go under the shower, cold shower. That helps. There are many other ways I <laughs> to do. You will become very, um, very um, um, skillful in times, and you will also be able to distinguish whether you really need the sleep now, and it is genuine exhaustion and not anymore. Uh, if you go any, any, in any way further with tree, getting out or diminishing or getting out of that uh, tiredness and uh, um, uh, sleepiness, uh, you would actually do not be friendly to yourself anymore. So then you say, I go and sleep now. Hmm? We're not talking that you cannot do that. So it's, everything is to be treated with highest sensitivity and little wider comprehension, and that gives us somehow the limit how far we can go with these things we are dealing. So again, of course, um, you are uh, um, registering it if you want to stay here and uh, kind of allowing yeah, you can allow yourself this feeling of falling over. It's okay. Say sleeping, sleepiness, and sleepiness again. And that can also be very helpful and bring us maybe into another direction, away from sloth and torpor, and we can join um, with greater ease again our practice. I find, uh, and I saw some of you doing that, that uh, body. And you can now add a special gesture to it. Now, you, instead of having your hands in your, just, uh, um, well, wherever, you take your hand now as a special focus, maybe, <clears throat> and say, I will now just watch that the hands are stay here. And you will see. You see, you will see it will, but you can also, if you stay patiently to it, raise, you know, sustain your attention now, because you have a special focus, and it is not just the sensations to be felt on very subtle level. Your hands, you may squeeze them a little, and you may relax them, and the shoulders with it, and again, and again sleepiness, tiredness. How? My hands. My hands. Have you ever done something like that? No. That's why we talk about it and share it, that we can become skillful in our practice developing awareness. How do, how do we, how we are going to wake up where we are going and what we are actualizing here in us when we are following the, uh, the, the Buddha's teaching is uh, waking up. This is one. With sleepiness, we cannot develop any more awareness. And this, this characteristic, the most for, uh, predominant characteristic of 
wakeful of mindfulness or awareness or waked upness is alertness. You are there, you're present, alert, not tiredness. It's a beautiful subject and, and, and faculty to work with it, mental factor. It's a state of mind. Now, what shall we say about restlessness? In the same way, we have to treat it. Apply mindfulness. You cannot just uh, hide other, as behind NA. Not applicable. It's always applicable, this mindfulness, in our practice. Restlessness, fidgeting around. Now, what I just mentioned, that is a very potent thing, to find a focus. It's more almost lending itself for getting out of, for meeting and dealing with restlessness. Remember, we are facing the, the hindrances, the dukkha in our practice. Facing. The Buddha's teaching is becoming aware of the dukkha of your life. These things are not just impairing and giving us trouble in practice of developing awareness. It gives us plenty of, of trouble in our day-to-day -day life. Think of desires, think of, of, of uh, hatred, loss and torpor. We cannot accomplish anything or that what we want. We need this, this space in us. Alertness, if you want to uh, learn a profession or will sustain your business and so on. It's always wonderful. Of course, we are not talking about the excessiveness and, and the overdoing. We're talking to the, about that, that it comes in more balance. We allow tiredness when it is really genuine and authentically needed. So we had restlessness now, and again, restlessness, restlessness. Let the consciousness capture it. Let it not be too automatic. It will be in the beginning. See it three times now. And when you have counted that, see it three times more. And see whether you can increase in understanding what uh, that you know what restlessness is, that you relate to that uh, unrestfulness, and you maybe even remember a moment where you were restless. You may be right now. It's also a, a, a feature of agitation. And if we don't kind of pay good attention to it, especially in our practice, you know, if, if, if that gives way in, 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 for many other, um, uh, un, for man, many other kaleshas to come in. It is actually invitation. And you have then a, a multiple uh, uh, attack of these uh, hindrances. The desire comes in, the anger comes in, and maybe even sleepiness, not so, not very likely because you are very restless, but it might. It's interesting. So now the last one. 
uh, is, um, ang- is the last uh, Kalisha is doubt, doubt. Now, one of uh, when you doubt something you don't understand, first of all, give it a chance to realize you don't understand everything. And if you doubt your Dharma here, you hear, or the teacher, and uh, you know, um, not right away making uh, judgings and uh, and and uh, um, criticism uh, uh, that gives actually way to doubt, too, um, and um, give it time, and allow yourself to investigate a little bit. This more time to investigate, to find out. Where does it lead me? What is it all about? Otherwise, we will shut, uh, cut short, um, um, uh, and uh, uh, have to leave, and uh, will uh, really uh, rob ourselves of the best opportunity to wake up, to live more in uh, in the uh, in, in in the absence of these disturbances. So, um, and again, we can uh, we can um, deal uh, with doubt, permi- permitting it uh, to perceive it maybe also on body level. Any emotion that arises is embodied to some extent. We don't know where. With anger, we know it. There is. Uh, very obvious tension coming in with desire also but because there is this there is that pleasure uh, pursue um, in it that we don't notice it so yet it is somewhere because it is arising in this body it is mixed somewhere in these subtle bodily physical energies or elements and uh, so you now Stay and as you speak, and realize and confront, or register doubt in you. You allow to realize your sitting body, and perceive as you notice this physical base here, uh, where it communicates. It may not be attention, but it already a doubt has added to some kind of tension. But you may allow yourself one quick sweep through the body, or just go to one of these key centers, energy centers. The throat is very reactive to, to emotions, to doubt, to hate, to anger, uh, to restlessness, whatever. <clears throat> so. Um, and uh, so it, it perhaps has already uh, tightened some of the energies here, tissues, muscles, whatever. Hmm? Doesn't matter. Now you sweep through and uh, you may touch that moment where that um, doubting mind has deposited some tensions. Or some of its quality, its, its uh, negativity. So you touch it there as you are, kind of sweeping through the body. 
not so, just lightly. Make a, see whether you can do it now. Let's say there is doubt, and you, you find yourself saying doubt, doubt, doubt. And you notice that you are understanding that you are holding it in your attention. Say it again silently, doubt, doubt, doubt. In fact, you will notice some energy in your mouth somewhere, because this is energy now, mind noticing. Mind, doubt is, um, is, is mental energy. So, and you touch it now in receiving and relating to your body, and it uh, in, in, indirectly, without our perception even, it is not building up more, this t- doubt, more tension. We don't add to it. And we have done that throughout our years of life. Now that's why we have this enormous congestedness all over here, and have in this way inhibited or um, injured our natural breathing rhythm. And so we have very shallow breathing. You see how far-reaching this is, this dharma, this, this practice we are in. Never a dull moment. Hmm? So now let's come to a closing and to realize it is important to deal with these hindrances. They are very powerful forces in the, uh, against working against our practice of developing awareness, waking up to ourselves when we are not, when we assuming them on a personal level, being the owner or the proprietor of them. They are impersonal forces. Understanding that helps us enormously to deal with them and to uh, be successful more than we usually are uh, with reducing their power. So that means we should not be angry with them, we should not condemn and see them as animals, I'm sorry, as enemies, and uh, rather see them actually as mental mental abilities and uh, factors arising in company. They They are coexisting with us. They are, when they are in action, and we allow it, they are very hindering our practice as well, our, the peace of our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. And let's, so, and we understand that when we are really ap- applying mindfulness to them, receiving them, working with them in the way I somehow tried to uh, share with you, they um, are we making them gradually more and more inoperative. This power them. We don't. Uh, we also at the same time reduce. Um, well, the faculty of judging and 
criticizing. So we bring more quiet now into our practice. Make them inoperative, they will arise. But we have now a very great skill, and little skill is enough sometimes to help us, and little more skill. And the more we continue doing that, working with them, we come, uh, we can really come to see and say, when they arise, ah, you are, have come again. You may say to your desire or to your restlessness, you have come again. In the Buddha's uh, 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 language or Dharma, they are called also Mara, forces of Mara, those forces which inhibit and uh, uh, tempt us to forget our practice and to get into uh, into our ways of yeah, into our conditioned mind that reacts and is restless and is this and that is that. So we understand we we uh, we um, as we are now feeling maybe we will be able to handle it. We understand they will come again and again, even if you are working very sincerely with them. But they have no force over us. They are greeted as unwanted guests. Unwanted guests go away without telling them to go. They feel they are not welcome. <laughs> and also it helps now and to realize that they are impermanent. That they have, they will, they don't have any power to stay for, and never go away. But we do have great, uh, in our ignorance how to handle them. We have developed a force to attach ourselves to them. In the attempt to get rid of them, we are very funny creatures. How we handle our lives always against ourselves. So they are impermanent. And if we understand so much about them and we go now and, uh, and uh, in our practice in deep sincerity to, this pra- to, to dealing with them, we are succeeding to get greater ease in our practice and uh, greater joy, I would say and uh, free ourselves more and more of these afflictions. And um, I don't know here. So let's close with it now, with um, a nice meta. May I abide in well-being, thinking of our work now. We will, that is our meta, may I have the, uh, ability to abide in well-being, in freedom from afflictions, in freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill-will. They are here again, see, there are afflictions in this song, in this matter. In freedom from anxiety. May I abide in well-being. Now we are telling ourselves, what well-being is, 
in freedom of affliction, in freedom of hostility, in freedom from ill will, in freedom from um, anxiety. And now is another meta. And may I, meta means you wish well to myself. And may I maintain well-being in myself. May I abide in well-being is first. After we understood what well-being is in the freedom of all these afflictions, we say now, and may I abide in well-being. And may everyone abide in well-being. We spoke about it. When we are too angry, we send matter to everyone. In freedom from hostility, may everyone abide in well-being, in freedom from ill-will, in freedom from in freedom from my nose was made. In in freedom from anxiety. And may I maintain well-being in myself. Maintain first, abide, and then maintain. And then we cook. Now for us, that is a beautiful thing. Sometimes we can learn and have it available when you don't know what to do with yourself. You are making this matter to you. The last one. May all beings be released from all suffering. And may they not be parted from good fortune they have attained. Good fortune have attained now to us. That is when I have mastered a little bit these these kaleshas. Hmm? It's also good fortune when I have come. See whether you can, uh, those who know it, like Jay knows it and student of mine, and you, you tune into it. May I abide in well-being, everyone. May I abide in well-being, next. In freedom from affliction. In freedom from affliction. In freedom from hostility. In freedom from ill will, do you feel it? We talk. Ill will. Next, anxiety. In freedom from anxiety. And now maintain. And may I maintain well-being in myself. Maintain, you go a little slower to integrate it. May I have the ability to stay with it, maintain this accomplishment of being free from afflictions. Afflictions goes to all of five and more. I have a beautiful uh, another verse which says, talks about infinite, uh, infinitive afflictions. May I get rid of infinitive, 84,000 just to name a few. So let's relax into these, huh? <laughs> now, may all beings... Now, did, did we finish this? 
May everyone abide in well-being, in freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill will, in freedom from anxiety. Now maintain, and may everyone maintain well-being in themselves, Now the next one, may all beings be released from all suffering. May all beings be released from all suffering. And may they not be parted from the good fortune they have attained. And may they not be parted from the good fortune they have attained. Can we do it once again? May I abide in well-being. Let's stand up to that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.